Blog Talk Radio. We all have inner work to do. Real life, real faith is an opportunity to connect with Cheryl and her guests as they take you on a journey to help you become your authentic self. Whether you need help goal setting, developing coping skills, or connecting with a power greater than yourself, Cheryl is here to walk with you on your path to personal transformation. Get inspired as Cheryl lets you become an active participant or just sit back and glean from the messages delivered. It's Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Real Life, Real Faith. I am your host, Cheryl Lacey Donovan, and we are ecstatic that you are joining us here on this evening. And, you know, honestly, I would be very remiss if I did not at least touch upon um, the debates that were uh, last night, if that's what you can call them, um, debates. I, you know, I've been voting for a very, very long time. I think possibly the very first election I voted in could have been uh, the second term of Ronald Reagan, and I have never, ever seen anything even remotely like what is happening right now. Um, I, you know, if ever, the jury is going to be out as to who won, who didn't win, or what have you, but I just really think that we have uh, succumbed to an all-time low when you have a presidential candidate saying that uh, stop and frisk is something that is a viable option for what's happening in our country right now, when you have someone that says um, that it's, you know, especially to the working public, that it's okay or, or that it's smart, that he has figured out a way not to pay taxes while the rest of us <laughs> have to pay taxes. It seems on everything that we do, buy, say, or whatever. And, you know, to some, that may seem like a good thing because he's learned how to, you know, work with the system or maneuver the system or maybe it even speaks into his rhetoric that systems are rigged. But at the end of the day, I don't know if that is the kind of person that I would want to be uh, president of the United States. I don't know. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there that have a differing opinion than mine, and it is perfectly okay to do so. But I really believe that we need to look at this uh, very deeply. I I really don't think that he is. Um, uh, I don't. Want, I hate to use the word learned enough or or has enough knowledge with regards to diplomacy as it relates to the um, different types of negotiations that are necessary overseas. Um, this this whole thing with his chumminess, if you will with Russia scares me. I don't know where that comes from or why it is, but it, it does seem very um, uh, concerning, to say the least, that uh, someone that could potentially be the president of the United States has such a relationship with uh, with Russia. And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what – I don't know where we go from here. I know that there is another debate that's happening on October the 9th uh, where he and Hillary will be meeting again face-to-face. I think that, um, you know, Hillary does have some uphill battles to fight. There are some things that she has done that have uh, raised an eyebrow, but I don't think that there's anyone that has ever been in politics that has not done something that would make you second-guess their their interests or their ability to lead. I heard someone earlier today make the comment that, you know, uh, just because people may believe that he is a good leader, are you willing 
to go where he is leading, and I think that's the bigger question. He may be a good leader. I don't know. The jury is still out on that for me. But just because he's a good leader, are we willing to follow where he is leading? I don't know. I think that he is leading us down a a rabbit hole, perhaps even down a path of destruction. So I I guess that uh, it remains to be seen. We still have uh, several uh, at least another uh, month or so to go before the actual elections take place. I, I would not even try to tell anyone who to vote for. I will say this, though, that we all need to vote. There are many people out there that are very apathetic about this particular election because they think that they um, are voting between two evils. You know, sometimes we say we're voting for the lesser of the two evils, but I think everybody believes that these are probably two equal evils, perhaps. But at the end of the day, the vote is extremely important, and you need to utilize it. There are people that died for it, so it is important for us to get out there, make this vote happen. Um, not casting a vote is a vote. Remember that. Not casting a vote is definitely a vote. So um, keep that in your mind. Uh, we we had uh, psychologist Laurie Holman, who was supposed to join us to talk about her book. Um, I believe the name of the book is, uh, what is it? Uh, let's see here. It is Unlocking Parental Intelligence. Unlocking Parental Intelligence, Finding the Meaning in Your Child's Behavior. Lori Holman is a psychoanalyst with specialized clinical training in infant, parent, child, adolescent, and adult psychotherapy. And she's been on the faculties of New York University and the Society for Psychoanalytic Training and Research, among other things. So hopefully Lori will be able to join us tonight before our time is up. Um, if not, we will definitely try to get her back. Uh, really, really soon. Her book is actually very interesting, unlocking, you know, <laughs> I think about, you know, some of the behavior, behaviors of my children, especially as they were growing up, and now even more so that they are adults. And, I, you know, <laughs> finding the meaning in your child's behavior can sometimes prove to be very difficult because you find yourself asking, where did this child come from? I don't know if this is the same child that I raised in my house or not, but um, she seems to have some ideas on what that looks like. Again, her book is entitled Unlocking Parental Intelligence, Unlocking Parental Intelligence, Finding Meaning in Your Child's Behavior. And I can, I can imagine how that would be very beneficial, especially to those who are still raising their children, who still have young children in their households, um, <laughs> trying to be intelligent about why they are behaving the way that they are. Sometimes that can be difficult for us to identify. So what we're going to do right now is take a quick break. We're going to listen to some Darius McCrary, if you remember. He joined us here um, probably about a month or so ago, and he had some new music out that, that uh, we played, and we're going to go ahead and play that again now. And hopefully by that time, Laurie Holman will be with us. If not, then we will just move on from there. Be back in just a moment. Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan.
Some parents are invigorated by their children. Some are alienated. But they all think about them, love them, and want to like them. Faced with distressed children, parents often lose their compass. They search for a path that will help them understand and get to know their children better. Quite often, misbehaviors are the beacon to a a child's emotional struggles. Parents ask, why does my child behave that way? When parents understand that there are meanings behind these behaviors, underlying problems are revealed and solutions naturally follow as parents and child grow together. Lori says that her plan is to help parents experience the heightened energy and deep satisfaction that comes with becoming meaning makers empowered to read their child's actions by unlocking their parental intelligence. Hmm, that's interesting, very interesting. How can parents find meaning in their child's behavior? The reader will take away a new style of parenting life that will sustain them through happy and distressing times with their children through all stages of child development. Parents will be able to understand what's happening in their child's mind. The key lies in the five steps of parental intelligence that looks at the parents and child's unconscious mind when solving problems. You know, and it's very interesting that she's talking about this in this particular book because I have often said that, um, you know, sometimes children are not given the opportunity to express themselves. Sometimes they are not allowed to have emotions or, you know, to to emote or to express, um, you know, how they feel about a particular situation, and that's unfortunate because they do have uh, feelings. Uh, let's see here. Parental uh, parental intelligence is a concept that uh, Lori created when working with parents in her private practice who learned how to read nonverbal as well as verbal communication and enjoy open dialogue. Listen, there are some of us adults that cannot do that with one another, so that's very interesting. The steps are a guide to the parent who faces baffling behaviors and hard-to-reach children, including those with special needs. Parents should never be underestimated, even when they doubt themselves. Learning how to harness the knowledge they have about their child by following the five steps reviewed below leads them to unlock their parental intelligence and find resolutions to their children's problems. Uh, this is the first step that uh, Lori talks about is stepping back. She says that helps a parent to review what has happened. And, you know, <laughs> when I'm reading this, she's, she's gearing it towards uh, children and their parents, but I think that some of these steps are good even in adult relationships because sometimes when we find ourselves in turmoil or in difficult situations with others or in relationships where we're not able to come to some type of agreement, stepping back is a huge part of that and looking at what has transpired, what our accountability may be in a situation and what the accountability of the other person may be. So stepping back is great. Second one is self-reflecting, self-reflecting. She says that this encourages parents to revisit the ghosts from the past that influence their own reactions. This sounds a lot like what some parents do when they try to live vicariously through their children. You know, I always wanted to be a basketball player. I always wanted to be a football player. I wanted to be a ballerina or a pianist or whatever the case may be. And so they're they're pushing that on their children, whether or not their children want to do it. Um, also, you know, some of their, their the ways that they act out. It's very interesting to me how people who may have grown up in abusive households turn around and do the exact same thing to their children. And you see that time and time again. And I think that it's because in the moment 
in the heat of the moment, they don't give themselves an opportunity to go back and reflect on why they said they didn't want to do that in the first place. Because let's face it, you know, raising children is not an easy task, especially when they are defiant or when they don't want to do what we've asked them to do. So self-reflection, again, is an awesome, awesome tool. Um, The next one is understanding your child's mind, understanding your child's mind. Uh, It says that it opens windows onto the child's world with its own particular point of view. That that can only happen if you believe that a child has – a view. And for some people, you know, they believe that children should be seen and not heard, that they really don't have a point of view, but that's not actually true. And what can sometimes happen is that if you, you uh, implant that in your child, if you plant that seed in them, then as they get older and they come into uh, try to communicate with other individuals, let's say, you know, trying to get a job or trying to get interest into college or whatever the case may be, it can be difficult for them to do so, and therefore it can keep them from getting to um, some of the places they're trying to go. The next one is, I think this is the fourth one, understanding your child's development clarifies what to expect cognitively and socially from your individual child. And so what is that saying? That's saying that, you know, a six, seven, eight-year-old kid, maybe even a nine, 10, 12-year-old kid may not be socially or cognitively ready to take care of younger siblings. And we know that in this day and time that there are many uh, what we refer to as latchkey kids, latchkey kids. And those kids are often asked to take care of uh, children, smaller children that may live in the household, and it's difficult for them to do that. And then we turn around and ask them to go to school and behave like a child when it comes to interactions with teachers and principals and, and other kids in the school. And for a child who has not reached that level of development yet, that it is that's a hard thing to do. I mean, it is something that some of them cannot do at all. And it's really kind of unfair for us to expect them to be able to do that. Now, I recognize that in some situations that may be the only answer, that may be the only way for the family to be able to move forward. But um, at the same time, we all need to be aware that parents in particular, and even um, in the school system, we talked a little bit about that with our last guest that came on last week when we tried to identify whether or not the school system was failing our children. And I think that's a a huge portion of that when we expect our children to develop uh, to a level of uh, cognitive ability that's normally left aside for an adult and then want them to kind of maneuver back and forth between that adult cognitive ability and social ability versus the child, you know, because then when the parent comes home, they're like, okay, now I'm home, so I'm the parent, so now child, you go get back into your child's place and get in their mind, in a childlike mind, they're thinking, well, I just got through cooking for everybody, I made sure everybody got the homework done, I gave people baths, I sent them to bed, you know, that kind of thing, and now you want me to behave like I'm a child again and you want to tell me what to do. So I think that that's a, a huge, huge factor in unlocking your parental intelligence, knowing your child's development and and what you can expect from them at a different uh, age. And then lastly, the last one is problem solving, problem solving. That will lead to long-lasting solutions to the pressing problems that seem at first to have no possible resolution. So literally sitting down 
and trying to uh, problem solve. How can we fix this? What can we do? Instead of just looking at all of the problems and the issues, actually having solutions to those when you approach them. Um, in her book, Parental Intelligence, she has several stories of mothers and fathers um, that reveal how they resolve their problems with their children. She also has examples that range from infants to toddlers, from tweens to adolescents, and from the from the typical, if there is such a thing, to those children that have special needs as well. Um, there are stories about your baby's first six months, a depressed 15-year-old, a brilliant 17-year-old, an 8-year-old with ADHD, um, some 6-year-old identical twins, and a 4-year-old that has high-functioning Asperger's, Asperger's syndrome. And if you're not familiar with that, that is a form of autism on the spectrum where the child is extremely, extremely intelligent but yet lacks social skills. So I think that this um, is something that, that is everybody, every parent probably needs to get. Even some of us who have adult children, it might help us as well. Um, it also says that you'll meet a stay-at-home father, a single-parenting mother, couples whose marriages are holding on by a thread, and some intact families that cross the boundaries of economic levels, social class, and education. So it sounds like she's pretty much covered all of the bases as far as the types of parent parenting situations that one may face. And um, as she's trying to help you to unlock your parental intelligence and understand why your children may be behaving the way that they are behaving. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to take another really quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to try to give you a few of the excerpts from Laurie Holman's book. And um, then we will go from there. So we'll be back in just a moment. We're going to listen to a little bit of Shanetta Jones. Back in a moment on Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan.
Lydia appeared promptly the next morning, cheerfully ignoring the disheveled young mother's appearance and her disorganized household. Piles of laundry, overflowing baskets of garbage, dishes in the sink, and infant toys scattered didn't ruffle her. She instantly observed a strained and exhausted teenage mother who was unprepared for her maternal role. She noted immediately that Claudia fed her baby without looking into her eyes and that she talked to her as if she was a young child, not an infant. Lydia knew at once that she had two babies to care for and was sensitive to their anxious bonding. She noticed that Claudia carried her baby around almost all the time, suggesting how much they both needed to feel feel held. That's one of the excerpts. Uh, It's actually Chapter 4 of uh, Laurie Holman's book, Unlocking Parental Intelligence, Finding Meaning in Your Child's Behavior. Um, This chapter is titled At-Risk Parents, Misread Infant's Fussy Behavior, Reese's First Month. Um, So it seems like she has some very, very wonderful stories in this book, things that could possibly help all parents, regardless of their socioeconomic status, whether they are married, single, or uh, young teenage parents or what have you. Um, If you want to find out more about Laurie's book, you can definitely go to her website, laurieholmanphd.com. That's Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E. Holman, H-O-L-L-M-A-N, Ph.D. dot com. She is a psychoanalyst that is very familiar with uh, parental child relationships and behaviors, and I think that it would really be of help to you. The book is, book is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Familis. I believe it sells for seventeen ninety five. So make sure you go out there and find out more about Laurie Holman's book, Unlocking Parental Intelligence. Finding Meaning in Your Child's Behavior. Well, we have come to the end of the broadcast this evening. We're glad that you joined us here. I just want to remind you that you can visit us here at Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We also want to remind you that you can connect with us at Facebook on Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan, Twitter, at Real Faith Mag, and we're also on Instagram at Real Life Real Faith. Don't forget about our website either, realliferealfaithmedia.com. Go out there and find out more about what we're doing with our magazine, the radio broadcast, as well as our television broadcast that also airs on our YouTube channel, on digital channels here in Houston, Texas, as well as on our website, realliferealfaithtv.com. And as always, we'd like to remind you that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. Be blessed.